welcome to Making Sense of Movies. I'm Elena. I'm Claire. And welcome to the podcast. So happy new year. 2022 has ended and I would say overall it was an okay time for movies personally. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What about you, Claire? What do you think about the movie season of 2022? I would definitely agree with that. There were a lot of movies that I did end up liking, but looking back at last year, there were more movies that I liked. Um, But I do like the different variety of movies this year because I feel like it was really big for the horror genre, really Mm -hmm. big for blockbusters that weren't superhero blockbusters. So I do do like to see that variety in there. Yeah. And so before we get into our top five movies of 2022, just some criteria to get through, For all these movies, I did movies that premiered in 2022 because I did see some movies that, you know, they came out in theaters or came out on streaming in 2022, but technically premiered in 2021. I also left out any movies we watched for the podcast and any movies I watched for the 2021 Oscars, technically the 2022 Oscars, but for the Mm -hmm. 2021 season. Any criteria for you, Claire? No, I didn't really have any criteria, but I do agree if it was for the Oscars last year, I tended to leave those movies out because mm-hmm. I I just associate them with 2022 more than I do 2023. Okay, I mean, 2021 so, more than 2022. That's what I mean. Agreed. So before we get into that, we just want to talk about some movie stats. So for 2022, I watched a total of 105 movies. 38 of those movies came out in 2022, which, if you remember, is an increase from last year, when I think I watched about 20 that came out in 2021. 67 of those did not come out in 2022. Um, I watched 19 of those in theaters, including a rewatch of Princess Mononoke, which is the only one that didn't come out in 2022 that I watched um, in theaters. And then I rewatched a total of 14 movies. Mm. That's, no, that's good. That's good. You always watch more movies than me, so I'm interested to see how many you watch. So Letterboxd has this clocked in, and just as a little asterisk there, they if it, it was like a TV movie, they probably would have counted it. So probably this number is supposed to be a little bit lower, but they have it clocked in at 214 films overall <laughs> this year, so which would be which would be 17.8 movies per month. Oh my god! And 4.1 movies per week. Put an asterisk on that. For our podcast, we watched 20 movies. Yeah. With and that, but I also counted, I didn't count TV shows like or miniseries in mine, mm-hmm. but I did count comedy specials as like TV yeah. movies. So that's, mm-hmm. I did surprisingly watch a lot more this year than I think I have in my entire existence of watching yeah. comedy specials. <laughs> Do you um, think, there, is there a reason for that? Were the comedy specials just better this year? I think I'm not more interested. I, Normally, I'm not super interested in comedy mm-hmm. specials, but I watched, so Bo Burnham had his inside outtakes. I watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Gerard Carmichael's new special, Rathaniel, which is really good. Um, and then I also watched this special, comedy special, White Trash. And I think I watched Taylor Thompson's, too. I don't know. I just, I feel like I was getting them on Instagram a lot. Yeah. And then also, I was bored one day. And, like, I feel like comedy specials, especially really good ones, they're about an hour long. So it's, like, it's not too much of a commitment it's supposed to be funny it's an easy watch I feel like for me personally mm-hmm. I wouldn't characterize Gerard Carmichael's Rathaniel as an easy watch yeah but it was still all good all around I'll have to check some of those out because I don't really watch the comedy specials too much but one other stat I have is um 93 of those movies were new releases that I watched Ooh. and then 
the other 121 were from just other years or just rewatches. Claire, you've watched every stat you've said has doubled whatever I did. So like movies watched, you watched twice the amount that I did. Movies watched that came out in 2022. I think you watched almost three times the amount. I just I just can't help it. Okay. So now that we're done with that, let's get to the meat and bones of this podcast, which is our top five movies of 2022. Um, so I'm going to start with my number five, which is Good Luck, Leo Grant, um, directed by Sophie Hyde, starring Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick. Um, so if you don't know what this movie is about, it came out on Hulu as a streaming movie. It never came out in theaters, um, but it's about Emma Thompson plays a character named Nancy Stokes, who um, her husband had just passed away or recently passed away and she had never had an orgasm with him and she you know hires a sex worker to kind of accomplish this and to kind of find joy in sex and throughout these the whole movies are meetings between them and the whole movie basically plays out with their conversations and it kind of gets you know a different side to what we normally see in tv and movies when it comes to sex workers Mm -hmm. gives him more of a you know autonomy and you know, it doesn't shame him for what he does. I thought overall it was a really good movie. I think both actors were really good. Daryl McCormick, not only is he very good looking, totally new actor to me. So I think really had a really great year and, you know, really impressed me with this movie. And I was, you know, really happy with it. Have you seen it at all? No, I haven't seen it, but I really want to watch it. And especially, I think at the uh, the BAFTA long list, I think so, um, Emma Thompson, I think, was nominated for that. Or, like, her name's been popping up places. So I definitely want to watch because of her. And it just seems like a really good plot, too. Yeah, well, there's something about seeing, like, female pleasure that you don't normally see uh, in movies ever. But the fact that, like, she's taking control of it. And that there's a scene at the the end of the movie where she's completely naked and she's looking at herself in the mirror. And where previously she had kind of been, like, disgusted with herself. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of like, why? Like, every you know he kind of plays the way um as like everyone's beautiful and things like that but yeah you know she finally starts to like accept herself and her aging and her sexuality and yeah it was a really good watch I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. I highly recommend no I'll, I'll definitely get around to watching that and that is such an important theme especially for women just like being able to age gracefully without having to try making yourself younger especially yeah. in like Hollywood where there's just so much pressure to like look younger to keep certain kinds of roles where yeah exactly it's just it's always such a struggle so that's like great that they're touching upon that theme okay so that was my number five if you haven't seen it it's on hulu claire what is your number five (laughs) my number five is avatar the way of water okay and of course um directed by james cameron starring sam worthington zoe saldana sigourney weaver kate winslet Many other characters, a lot of characters in this one. A lot of people in that movie. And I really awesome. wasn't, like, a huge, huge fan of the first Avatar movie. Like, I didn't see it when it came out in theaters, but I did end up watching it eventually. But what I loved about this movie was the visuals in it, which everyone kind of agrees on. But just, yeah. like, I've seen this now twice in theaters, and every time it could really feel like the 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 theater that I'm in could just fill up with water. You're just That's so, so cool. in the movie that... You're just like transported to like the the way of water. Just you feel like you're underwater. And I've always loved that underwater feeling. Um, so that was really my big pull for why this one was at number five, just because I did feel so transported. 
Um, and I did like how it wasn't as focused on kind of like the bigger picture. It was more of just the family story of Jake Sully. Um, and I thought the the action scenes were also done really well because it's a lot of stuff that with in the hands of another director could have been very campy. A lot of explosions, yeah. a lot of sl- some slow motion where um, it just felt action packed, even when sometimes, oh, and maybe this stuff doesn't feel action packed in another movie, but I was just, I was just here, so here for it. Yeah, so that's I why. Too. Yeah, that's why Avatar's in my number five. It's not my personal top five, but I did really like it. Um, what was mm-hmm. your favorite kind of moment in that movie? I feel like there's a lot. Um, you know, my favorite part of that movie is the whale boy friendship. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I love it. I had some issues with the movie overall, but like. I agree with the visuals. I think it's really well done. Um, but yeah, what was your favorite part? Really, my favorite part is when they're learning how to hold their breath underwater. And they're just like, just no plot points at all. They're just kind of like being underwater. We're going to see all the cool creatures. That was my favorite part. Just really in the moment. Nice. And how do you feel about this, the sequels? I think it's the seventh most grossed movie ever right now. So James Cameron is kind of like, we need enough money. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm excited to see if they're able to pull off the next three movies as well as like Mm -hmm. as good as the last two. But I'm excited for the third one because it's supposed to be focused on like the um the fire people in that area. And instead of yeah, and instead of having like evil humans and like good they're not called avatars. What's their Navi group called um Navi. It's supposed to be like kind of evil Navi and good humans. So I'll be excited to see that too. Interesting. We'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Um any other thoughts on our number fives before we move on? Um this is also in theaters. It will probably be in theaters for a very long time. Yeah. Um, they want to make as much money. Yeah, yeah, you wanna you wanna see this in the biggest theater you can in three days. It is very long, but it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah. It's three yeah. hours. Do not like drink a coffee before. No, don't. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> they did have it. So I actually saw this when I was visiting my sister in Korea. And we saw it in 2D just because I don't personally like 3D mm-hmm. movies. But they had 4D movies. I've never seen a 4D where, like, movie before. The, sh- the seats move and like they spray you with water. So like we were debating on seeing that. But then we were oh also concerned that like, what if you just get like wet? Like, you're not, like, we were like, I, we've never done that, but I kind of regret that. I kind of wish we did it. Yeah, I want to see one of those eventually, but it kind of scares me just a little bit, because I don't like the 40 rides. Like, at uh, um, Disney, okay. they always had, like, It's a Bug's Life, which mm-hmm. scarred me for life. So, a little, a little hesitant on 40, I guess. Okay. Well, if you have, let us know. I'm very interested yeah. to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So our number four, Claire, you can start with your okay. movie. So my number four is The Batman. <gasps> Yo! Oh my gosh, amazing! Okay. The we didn't talk- up at all last year. We're still on secret now. Okay, so The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, um, starring Robert Pattinson. Yes. Our man, so- we love Robert. Zoe Kravitz. Also yeah. amazing. Colin Farrell. Oh. Paul Dano. Paul Dano, yeah. Let's go. Okay. We, I think we talked about this movie already, just personally. Um, but the Batman, it just gave us what we needed from the it Batman. Did. He was weird. He was kind of emo, such a loner. 
not good with people. I felt that compared to all the other Batman movies and a lot of other superhero movies, mm-hmm. this one did darkness well. Like, it yeah. was like, okay, we're going to go dark, but we're not going to make the characters boring as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to be interesting, and they're going to have layers, and, like, everything kind of makes sense. And I really enjoyed that, and I thought Robert Pattinson was really good. Mm-hmm. And I you? really, I haven't been a fan of the Batman character previously, just because mm-hmm. he's always felt just so stuffy to me, and I just could never understand, like, oh, well, he's a millionaire he's got so much money like why doesn't he use his money to like really help the people of Gotham and I really feel like this character at least it may um it made me kind of understand more about like why someone would just go out in a bat costume and yeah like try to save the city in that way it just kind of clicked for me um and I really like the rela- relationship between Batman and then Commissioner Gordon in this, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really fun. Um, and then also, like, nailing the horror mystery genre, too. Like, there were definitely parts of this movie that were really creepy. Um, yeah. Paul Dano does a really good job as the Riddler. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a creep. Oh, no, he's kind of. He is. He is. Yeah, he's, he's creepy. Um, I, I found it really funny when he was doing live streams. Mm-hmm. Like, all the comments. Um, I found really funny. I really like Zoe Kravitz's take on kind of a pre-Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what she's rooting for. I like their relationship. I thought they had like really good chemistry together. Yeah. But overall, I think for me, one of the things I really liked is that it was pretty grounded in the sense of how they decide to do Batman. Like he gets hurt. The fact that when he takes off his mask, you can see his makeup, which is like. If you mm-hmm. ever watched, I think it's the Michael Keaton Batman or one of the other Batmans. There's like a scene where he's clearly wearing makeup because the mask doesn't cover his eyes. And mm-hmm. He takes off his mask and the next thing he's not wearing anything. So yeah. I found that kind of a nod to that. But it's in like, we're going to do this differently. Yeah, I just found the overall aesthetic really well done. I kind of liked how they filmed in London, not in New York. Mm-hmm. It gave it a different feel and a different vibe. I was re-watching this on the plane. I was just really struck with... No, I didn't end up watching the whole movie. I think I watched, like, 30 minutes or something. But I was really struck with just the tone overall and how, it, yes, it takes itself seriously, but there are moments mm-hmm. where, like, you can laugh at him and you can laugh at other shit in this movie. I think Colin Farrell is a really big point for mm-hmm. comedy in this, just in how he reacts to things. Yeah, the he has, like... Mm-hmm. It's really well done as well. And then after the car chase scene where he's got that great line about, like, calling Batman and Commissioner Gordon idiots for not knowing Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That was a really good line. Um, And yeah, just going back to the one thing you said about, like, showing him getting hurt, I do love how he just has so much more vulnerability and you don't see it, um, him being 50-50 for, like, Batman and Bruce Wayne. Like, he's clearly trying to distance himself from being Bruce Wayne. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm really hoping they explore that more in the second movie. Oh, and the the score to this. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, even like the sound, everything like that, like there was obviously a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not saying there weren't other, like a thought in the other bad movies weren't there. I just feel like it was much more deliberate in that they're mm-hmm. trying to do something different and yeah. not the same as any other superhero movie, which I found. Mm-hmm really great um but yeah yeah, if you haven't seen this like why haven't you yeah there's 
yeah, just so many great things about this movie. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. Really a fun time. I saw this in theaters as well, and it was just, like, great to see it, Mm -hmm. to hear it all, like, together. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if we're done talking about the Batman, we are on to our number three. So, Elena, what is your top three? My number three is The Fablemans. Mmm. Okay. Do you have this on your top five or no? I do not, but I love The Fablemans. I love The Fablemans. So, if you don't know, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Paul Dano again. So, I, like, Paul Dano's had a good year in my top five. Um, Michelle Williams and who plays, um, Mother, Paul Dano plays the father, and then Gabriel LaBelle, who plays Sammy, a.k.a. Steven Spielberg stand-in. I really like this movie. I think I found it a very easy watch. Um, But the one thing I really liked was just how charming it was. Mm -hmm. I found myself, like, really happy kind of watching it and seeing, you know, the nods to his other movies, but also how much care he put into it. I found it very different from from Steven Spielberg's other movies, that I've personally seen. I haven't seen all, all of his avoir or whatever it's called. But yeah, I, I really like this movie. I, I know my my brother and my sister, when we all watched it together, they kind of had issues with it. But I think overall, it was really well done. I liked the story. I found the use of kind of him loving movies really touching. And I liked how he would kind of recreate things. And, and it was kind of cool to see how he would think about creating you know gunshots or how they would kind of make their home movies I found that really cute mm-hmm. like the dolly was just like a carriage um I found that really charming it was overall like super easy watch a great way to kind of get to know about Steven Spielberg I love the end where he um meets with uh, I don't even know his name I'm so bad this like famous director but it's actually p- played by um David Lynch mm-hmm but that really funny that was a really fun cameo and like the nod at the end when he talks about the horizon and they move the camera up that was such a fun part that Mm -hmm. was just like such a fun part I thought all the acting was really great I think specifically Michelle Williams does a really good job about like you know showing what the mother sacrificed and also what she wasn't willing to sacrifice I think also it just shows how he sees his parents how he both you know really loves them but also he's willing to show them for who they were Mm-hmm. And not necessarily like how he remembers them yeah like these were real people and he shows a lot of love and um you know a lot of humble when it comes to himself and then also his parents so mm-hmm. I think I think it was good I know it didn't do that well at the box office unfortunately but yeah it happens Seth Rogen was also like a standout oh, yeah. for me in that one and for the longest time watching it I kept on being like is that Seth Rogen no, that's just someone who looks like Seth Rogen. There was something yeah, it was really throwing me off. Mm-hmm. It did a good job. Um, but yeah, I loved also the production design on this was really well done too. Mm-hmm. All the 1950s and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, that's my take on the Fablements. What was your number three? Okay, my number three was a movie called Duel. And that was directed by Riley Stearns. And it stars Karen Gillian, Theo James, Aaron Paul. I did mention this another time on, I think, our last, our last podcast. Episode, yeah. Where, yeah, so it's about the near future, and we follow a girl named Sarah who's depressed. She's an alcoholic, and she's in this lackluster relationship with her boyfriend. Um, and she finds out that she is terminally ill. 
So she goes through this system to have herself replaced. So she's got another clone, but then makes a remarkable recovery. And her life after that kind of starts going to shit because, like, um, everyone likes the clone better than her. And, um, and the clone files to not wanting to be kind of discharged. So they have to have this battle to the death to figure out who actually gets to remain, like, real Sarah. Is it real Sarah or clone Sarah gets to be the new Sarah? Um, And the way this is written is, like, very much um, not like how a regular person would speak. It's kind of like how the lobster or the favorite is written, that kind of writing. Um, And it's just, like, a very fun movie. Just seeing her train each day to, like, get ready to fight her clone. Because it gives you a lot of thoughts of, like, oh... If I was in this situation, like, what kind of training would I do for this? Um, And it's just, like, a short movie. It's probably an hour, 30 minutes. And I just really enjoyed watching it and just enjoyed, like, kind of, like, thinking about the world they were in. And, like, just seeing her relationships after the clone has been introduced of, like, oh, how is she interacting with her mother? How is she interacting, like, with her boyfriend who's also dealing with the clone situation? So, um a lot of fun stuff. I would definitely recommend. I don't know where you can find this. I think on one of the streaming services, though. I think maybe Hulu. Hmm. I'll have mm-hmm. to check that out. By the way, I did see that um, trailer when I went to go see Megan. Oh, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Megan about the AI doll, please <laughs> do. It's so funny. Um, but for Infinity Pool with Alexander Skarsgård, and he does have a double. Yeah, I saw that trailer, too. I saw that and I was like, wait, I was right. I didn't read something wrong. Yeah. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that has nothing to do with um my top five movies, but mm-hmm. just a thought. Um yeah. all right, any other last thoughts on our number three movies? Um, no, no other thoughts on it. Okay. So next is your number two. Okay. Uh you know, it was a toss-up. My number two and my number one are very, very close, but mm-hmm. For my number two, I chose Bones and All, starring um, Timothy Chalamet and then Taylor Russell. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, this is a romantic horror movie about a world where there actually are cannibals. And you're just kind of born that way, that you're you're a cannibal. But it kind of goes into, like, just really takes on this subject in a very realistic way and kind of has all these different cannibals that you meet along the way of like how are they dealing with this because they they don't want to be like this but they're also just like they have to but then after they kill someone they're just like devastated about it so it's just like a lot of emotions all over the place and has one of my best supporting um actors of the year in this um Mark Rylance, who also plays one of the cannibals in it, who's just like just off the wall, crazy performance, so fun to watch. Uh, the way this is shot is beautiful, has a lot of like very kind of scary horror moments in it, where it's like you'll you'll be mellowed out, and then all of a sudden like something crazy would happen, and you're like, oh my gosh. Like definitely had a moment towards the very beginning of the movie where I was like, holy shit, like this is gonna be crazy. So <laughs> And like if you haven't seen it, you have to see this movie because it's amazing. Nice. I haven't seen it. I've heard very mixed things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not only from reviews, but also my siblings, my oldest mm-hmm. brother, 
hated it. I think his his review on Letterbox was this is like something about like this is basically just a Timothy Chalamet vehicle. Um, <laughs> really didn't like it, and then my sister and her friend loved it. Saw it twice yeah. in mm-hmm. theaters. So, very and, you know, I could I could definitely see how this is a mixed movie, but like you'll just really have to watch it to see what you yeah. think because it could go it could go either way. I definitely want to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love Timothy Chalamet. I'm sure you know that. My friends, oh, uh, yeah. they mm-hmm. sent me shit for my birthday. <laughs> it's Timothy Chalamet related. Um, so I feel like I have to, if anything, to mm-hmm. support. I also really like Taylor Russell. She was in this movie, Waves. The yeah. movie Waves was not very good. She was very good in that movie. Yeah, no, um, she's she's an amazing actress. Yes. Any other last thoughts before I go to my number two? Um... T- uh, Timothy Chalamet has a great dancing scene in this too. <laughs> great, good to know. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So my number two is Nope, directed by Jordan mm-hmm. Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yeun, and Brandon Perea, a lot among other actors, but those are the main four. Um, if you don't know what this is about, this is essentially a kind of alien type movie where Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer they play siblings, OJ and Emerald Haywood who their father dies in some like freak accident and they start to notice that there's like something in the sky. And so they're trying to get video or pictures of it. And while this is happening, they're like, they own a a ranch where they train horses for Hollywood and their ranch is kind of going to be closed down. And then Steven Yeun's character, who was a child actor, who had a very traumatic past wants to buy their horses there's all the other subplots but I think overall this was one of my favorite movies just because it was really entertaining plot was simple for me easy to follow um and it was just really well done um I read there's a Hollywood reporter roundtable with the writers and they talked about how this is kind of like the not anti but reverse Steven Spielberg or in Steven Spielberg movies when it comes to like the creature you're looking where in this one, the idea is that if you look at the alien, it will kill you. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of different... I found the character really relatable and fun. Um, Brandon Pereira, who plays Angel Torres, I think was kind of a breakout character for me. Really funny. Um, yeah, overall, I, I really liked this. Um, it kind of sprinkles in different aspects of, like, um, Stephen Young's character, like, his background. He has a really terrible... He used to be, like, a child star and on set one day they're on a tv show where there's like a chimp the chimp like just you know kills tons of people and they kind of flash back to that and that kind of supposed to be in relation to like what's going on with the alien um but yeah overall i just thought this was a really good movie it's really fun i really liked how it talked about how people you know think about trauma and kind of monetize it in a way mm-hmm. especially with OJ and Emerald trying to get a picture of the alien that killed their father, and then Stephen Yeun's character, Ricky, um, kind of creating this theme park, and also using the alien for kind of his own thing um, to make money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really liked it. I still think Stephen Yeun should be nominated. I think everyone in this movie should be nominated, but specifically, Kiki Palmer and Stephen Yeun were my favorite actors. I found them both really funny, and, well, Kiki Palmer specifically, very mm-hmm. funny. Um, really fun to watch great great overall 
yeah, great chemistry between those two, like Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki yeah. Palmer. They were yeah. amazing as brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how their characters, like they were both kind of missing things uh, where like Daniel Kaluuya, he uh, was just so much more serious and she was more fun. But like they kind of just kind of compl- they completed each other. Yeah, like even though they have moments where, you know, they talk about how like there's a moment where Kiki Palmer talks about her father um, and about how he he kind of took OJ under his mm-hmm. wing when Emerald was kind of the one that wanted to train horses and things like that. Um, but even though like she kind of has that resentment, she still loves her brother and she still wants it to be successful. Mm-hmm. This movie also, I wouldn't say is that scary, but it's still really exciting and um, has moments. There's a moment where um, like you think there's like these kids in masks. Mm-hmm. And you think it's the alien, but really it's just like Ricky's kids being shifts. Yeah. Um, but that was a really a really good moment because it's such a good fake out. Um, there was actually the other kind of scary moment where there's the grasshopper on the lens. Yeah, I, that was just like frustrating. That's when they're trying. They put up. Yeah. So that's why Angel, like Brandon Perel's character, is there. They're setting up security cameras, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get video, and it's it's there. But there's a fucking grasshopper in front of the video. But when the grasshopper like came onto the camera and oh. it's supposed to be a jump scare for you, I actually screamed in the theater. Really? I thought it was so scary. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I really recommend. I think it's on streaming or you can rent it. Not quite sure, but it's a it's a really mm-hmm. good movie and I highly recommend. Yeah. Um. All right. So our last last movie number one my number one movie of 2022 is after sun um directed by charlotte wells starring paul mescal and frankie carrillo this is a movie essentially about a father a daughter who go on vacation to turkey for two weeks or like a week or something and while they're going on vacation it kind of flashes back to sophie who's the daughter older kind of remembering this vacation and kind of seeing it differently um I saw this as part of the New York Film Festival kind of the premiere of this movie and there was a Q&A with the director afterwards and mm-hmm. unfortunately my sister had a migraine and she was like no we're not go- we're not seeing this um so I was kind of upset but it's fine um the reason this is honestly my number one is just that I thought about it for like days afterwards because mm-hmm coming out of the movie my sister and I were like are we dumb or do we just like not understand not in the sense that like the movie was hard to follow so there's a lot visually and kind of structurally that she's doing that I didn't necessarily grasp but it didn't make me angry it just made me more intrigued by this movie mm-hmm. instead of being like oh it was confusing it was annoying I don't want to watch it it was like I really liked this even though I didn't necessarily understand what the director was trying to do, but it makes me really excited about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Paul Mescal is really great. Frankie Carrillo is both like really amazing performances. Like hoping Paul Mescal gets a Oscar nom. I really want him to. I don't think he will because it's quite an indie movie, even though a lot of people have seen it and it's getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. But it's just really special. I found it, you know, there's not a lot of drama around it. It just really shows this relationship between father and daughter and how much, you know, she's kind of growing and then how much he loves her, but also is like fighting 
his own demons and doesn't want to show his daughter what's what's happening with him um but yeah there's a lot of things in this movie that i really liked gosh i want to see this movie so badly like this has been one where it's like it's just so hard to find like it's not on streaming it's not in theaters anymore it really wasn't in that many theaters to begin with like it wasn't it was very it's a24 but i think they initially did it in Mm -hmm. new york and la and then very very small theaters after that because i feel like that's one that like very well could have made my top 10 if i had seen it i just haven't seen it yet that's okay Mm -hmm. um but what is your number one okay my number one i'm gonna be i feel like in the majority of what most people have said is their number one yeah i know but but this is it's top gun maverick is my number one movie of the year (laughs) it's top gun maverick i just feel like this movie just hit on all the levels for me and top gun i actually didn't like the first top gun movie but this one brought like so much 80s nostalgia where just like it felt like it could be an 80s movie um miles teller he was great in this tom cruise was great in this just knowing that they're shooting everything up in the air like that's amazing to me the beach scene with like dancing like it was just one of those things where you could turn off your brain during it because it's all kind of like you don't really have to think that deeply about anything but they don't dumb down anything for you either when they're explaining the mission they're going on um just like all the kind of more techie things usually this they just explain it in a way where it's like yeah they don't over explain it but you kind of know what's going on um and i just was so engaged the whole time it was just hitting on all levels just so fun so great to see in the theater just bringing everyone back to the theater True. um yeah it was, it was a good movie i like mm-hmm. that that was in my honorable mentions mm-hmm. um any other things about top gun maverick why it's your number one i would say um well the music was so good in this yeah the music- i just like it was just fun you know and just sometimes you need a fun movie and that's what top gun was doing for me which is being a fun movie i'm glad Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some honorable mentions about yeah. so first honorable mentions are movies I would have put in my top five but they either technically came out in 2021 mm-hmm. or part of the Oscar season of 2021 so that's West Side Story and oh. um, Drive My Car mm-hmm. also another Steven Spielberg he got me the last two years but yeah. got me this year actually two movies I really mm-hmm. love that adaptation and Drive My Car is so fucking good mm-hmm. um, it's a long movie that I don't complain about being long, which is really the best compliment you can get from me. Yeah. Um, and then other honorable mentions that came out this year that I really liked, just didn't necessarily make my top five, is Turning Red. Um, mm, that was such a good Disney one. movie, Talk and Maverick. Um, Fire Island, which is another Hulu movie, which was kind of like a gay Jane Austen um, adaptation, which I really liked. Um, and then 20th Century Girl was... Mm-hmm. And the movie I mentioned it in our last podcast. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, it's actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Any honorable and mentions for you? I would say Nope was really close to being in my top five. Um, bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I thought that one was so much fun. Um, Bullet Train surprised me in a lot of ways. I liked. I didn't think I was going to like that movie. I liked Bullet Train a lot. And Jackass Forever. I oh. One that I just keep on going back to. Damn. Really fun movie. Would not have thought. No, no, neither would I. Neither would I. Because there's just like a lot of goofy stuff in that. But 
you know, they're just having fun. Great to see that one in the theater. Everyone was laughing. Um, and White Noise, too. I liked White Noise. Oh, that's on Netflix now. I did. I was mm-hmm. going to see that the other day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these are our top five movies of 2022. We are going to be doing a podcast, either episode or some little segment about mm-hmm. top five movies that were new to us in 2022, which is a topic I really like discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, thanks for listening. Let us know your top fives or top you know, number one movie of 2022 love to hear it thanks for joining us for the start of 2023 okay bye bye